and welcome to the podcast podcast the podcast where we podcast about podcasts i'm dita and i'm lisa how you doing doing dita yeah i'm hanging in there we made it to episode two we did it only took us a month look man i got sick and talking while coughing is i think probably suboptimal sound quality (laughs) and to be fair the week before that my power was out so Mm. you know yeah how about this weather man (laughs) <laughs> How about this weather? How about these winter storms that knock trees across the road and take out my power for a day? Uh, one of my neighbors, or maybe their kids, I don't know, actually built a snowman like on their lawn. It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, there's a there's like a field across the street from me, yeah. and there was like just one lone snowman that was the only snow remaining after the big snowstorms that hit. It was great. I mean, it was impressive how quickly it all melted. I woke up, you know, I woke up on Wednesday. No. Thursday morning, Thursday morning, and the roofs, you know, looked like something out of a Christmas movie. And then Friday morning, they were back to roof again. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when it rains. Yeah, that's fair. Because I would get an inch, and then it would rain and melt, and then I would get an inch, and then it would rain and melt. And this happened like four or five times on Thursday. I mean, you know, I like snow. I just like being prepared for it. (laughs) And, uh... All I will say is that I'm glad I used to snowboard because it meant I still owned wool socks. <laughs> that is true. All right, should we get started? Yeah, let's do this thing. All right, so the way that this works is every week we roll dice to select a platform, a category, and then a show. We listen to one episode together and then select two episodes to listen to on our own. This way, we get to toss out a broad net to snag five total episodes of each podcast. But for our first few episodes, we thought we'd ease our way in by revisiting some of our favorites. That's right. So for this week's episode, we're covering my pick, which is Maintenance Phase by Michael Hobbs and Aubrey Gordon. Maintenance Phase is what I like to call a Michael Hobbs joint. He's had a couple podcasts now focusing on like debunking common myths or uh, re-researching the research, really, kind of doing a lot of statistics and stuff. And uh re-looking at the stories we tell each other. Maintenance Phase has him teaming up with Aubrey Gordon of Your Fat Friend, who is a phenomenal author in her own right. Um, It focuses on debunking diet myths and wellness trends. They do different topics, diet book deep dives, and sometimes bonus taste tests of different food hacks, like celery juice. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Uh, This podcast approaches a tough and personal topic with compassion and humor. I've yet to miss an episode. So for this one, Lisa... Um, for me, selected the episode Diet Book Deep Dive, Angela Lansbury's Positive Moves. And then on my own, I listened to The Trouble with Calories, Paul Bragg, and The Rise of Apple Cider Vinegar. And then I just kept going and listened to, um, I don't remember the exact title, but it was about the food pyramid. Yes. And then um, I've listened to most of the episodes, but I went back and re-listened to Vibrators and the Wellness on Pipeline. And their most recent episode, which is uh, Elizabeth Taylor Takes Off, which is another diet book deep dive. So be warned, though, because Wellness to QAnon Pipeline, we might talk about politics. And if you don't like it, you can go away. It's fine. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) So the Angela Lambert's one I really enjoyed. Um, So the video that's like associated with her diet book. I didn't even know there was a book until I listened to this episode, but the video went viral years ago and it was being memed because it's just like these very serene 
like straight out of the 90s uh video clips of her like just like standing in a yard doing like uh it looks almost like tai chi although i think it's not uh or like sitting in a bathtub and massaging herself uh <laughs> see i didn't realize these were memed until you were talking to me about this uh this podcast and said, oh, yeah, I saw these before. I had no idea. So I went into this blind. I'm like, oh, Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Mrs. Potts. And so I am delighted to know that these videos have become a thing. Yeah. And she's definitely not who I expected to have a diet book. Although, after listening to the episode, I would say that it's probably the most milk toast diet book out there. Um Aubrey's contention, and I think I agree with her, is that it uh, Angela is the anti-goop. Uh, for those not in the know, that is Gwyneth Paltrow's like weird health site that sells things like jade eggs and uh, mylar stickers that are supposed to. I don't even know what they're supposed to do. Um, I don't think <laughs> anybody knows, to be honest. Hey, yeah, that's fair. I listened to a thing ages ago that like talked about what supposedly like the science was and then like immediately debunking it but um yeah it was a good one and then the what was it the um calorie the trouble with calories um just talking about like the science behind what a calorie is um you know who defined it how we define it etc um and it was a two-parter and i meant to go back and listen to the second part and i haven't yet um but i really enjoyed it it's um there's a general assumption that science is what it is and that um, we know, you know, there cannot, can be no other explanations, um, even though science itself says uh, nothing is definitive. Like, the, that's why everything's called theory, right? Um, but we take some things for granted, like, oh, some guy figured out what a calorie is and that's just how it is. And it turns out maybe, but maybe not. Well, I kind of like, too, that they revisit these things and um, kind of put, like, a more after-the-fact analytical thing, because you're right, we do tend to think that, like, science happened, and that's a fact now, and that's always going to be a fact, and that's just how it worked. And they brought up a good point in that one where, like, a human isn't a closed system, so calories in, calories out doesn't actually function the way that people assume it does. Yeah, it's definitely... And... I mean, even more recently, they've been. I feel like there's been more stuff um, about how, like, you know, the quality of certain calories, which we we knew to an extent, right? But like, it turns out how your body uses those calories varies, uh, and so, you know, it's not you know because there's that there was that diet years ago, the guy who ate like, you know, like twelve hundred calories of Twinkies a day and lost weight. He's like, see, it's just calories, and I'm like, okay, but you're also like ingesting formaldehyde or something <laughs> i don't know that that's how did he not get like scurvy or something oh it was only for like a month or two i and it, uh yeah i don't know <laughs> my friend uh when he was uh like in his 20s and had moved out of his mom's house for the first time uh started eating like the citrus wedges that come with drinks because he was afraid of scurvy <laughs> And he still does it, and it cracks me up every time. Hey, if it works, it works. I mean, scurvy's a real deal. 
We had an issue um, when I was overseas with people getting kidney stones because they weren't eating any like fruits or vegetables. Uh-huh. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. My um, cranberry juice habit served me well over there. Oh, I bet. More ways than one. Um, and then the last episode I listened to, which uh, was a little bit more near and dear to my heart, just due to where we live. Um, and that was Paul Bragg and the Rise of Apple Cider Vinegar. Um, coincidentally, while I was listening to this episode, some weird ad on something I was watching somewhere popped up for keto apple cider vinegar gummies. Oh my goodness. And I just, <laughs> the, the best part of it was like the, the celebrity quote unquote endorsement on it. Were they uh, vegan gummies like though? A, like were they, were they gelatin free? I have no idea, but they had Oprah on it. Oh, and I really want to know if she actually was like, yeah, you can use my photo because I'm betting no. <laughs> um, I mean, the whole point of apple cider vinegar, right, is like it's just like a th- thing that you buy at the grocery store and take a shot of it. And it's like, woo, health. Although, you know, as they explore in this episode, that's kind of not it. <laughs> yeah, I lived with some um, kind of new age hippie ladies for a couple years and like they were they were retired and just. Very strange, very wonderful, but very strange. And I had had to like discuss with them multiple times. Every time I got sick, of like, no, I am not drinking a glass of apple cider vinegar. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. That sounds gross, and it's not going to do anything. Let me just be sick and go to sleep. Yeah, gross. I mean, apple cider vinegar definitely has its uses, but uh, I'm not taking a shot ever. I like cooking with it as like a type of vinegar and that's as far as it goes like same thing like i'll sometimes do red wine vinegar Ooh, or fancy Ooh. i honestly most of my apple cider vinegar gets used to catch fruit flies i last used it to clean out my uh coffee machine because i was out of white vinegar oh did it work i mean i guess my coffee machine just makes me do it after like every x amount of brews and it gets cranky when i don't so i just do it and yeah Yeah, i don't know i've only had it for like the coffee maker for like three months so i don't think anything has scaled and i have water filters on the house so i don't have hard water yeah at work we have a keurig and it's been like yelling at me to descale for like months even though we use like we have a water guy who comes with you know big old water jugs we're not using tap water uh and I so then uh, we happened to have a bottle of like the official Keurig descaling solution. So I put it in there and ran it, and it's still yelling at me that it needs to descale. So now I just think it's broken. Yeah, I've had Keurigs a couple times, and they get really cranky. Eh, machines. That's why I hold my stick to a kettle and a plastic thing that holds my paper coffee filter. That's what I was doing, but uh, I decided to go all out and buy a coffee mate drip coffee maker. You know, if you're going to use it, I use it every day. It has a little clock on it. I can tell it to brew as my alarm goes off. So like I wake up to the smell of coffee. Ooh, I know I was, I was very um, non-electric with my coffee making methods because my power goes out quite a bit, but this was like the plunge of like, I want, I want more, like, I want two cups of coffee in the morning, which was kind of hard with the pour-through. And the French press, I hate cleaning out 
because I can't dump the mm. ground anywhere because I don't do compost at my house because bears. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. It is. Um. Okay, so anyway, um, the, <laughs> the episodes I listened to uh, was Vibrators, which um, was kind of about the history and the invention of vibrators, which I thought was interesting because like we have that myth kind of, I want to say, and the social consciousness of, like, vibrators were, like, a women's health thing to prevent hysteria. They would go and they would get um, vibrated, I guess we'll say. And (laughs) they would no longer be hysterical. And it was, like, this big wink, wink, nudge, nudge. These women are going and getting orgasms and stuff from the doctors. And it's like, no. We don't know. Like, we don't really have the history of this, but... Like, we don't, we like, they used, apparently used vibration for, like, everything because, oh my god, electricity can vibrate things was kind of a big deal. And so that one was interesting. Like a shake plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> yeah. or those um straps that they would put around their bellies in, like, the 90s that would, like, shake your belly and work your oh, abs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, the 90s. <laughs> What a time to be health conscious. Oh, um, and then the other one I listened to was um, the Wellness to QAnon Pipeline, which um, for some reason I can never remember very much. This was the second time I've listened to this one. And I don't know what it is. It just kind of, I think it's because like they had more of a, they had a, I feel like they had like a guest that kind of deals with that stuff. Yeah, they had a guest on this one and it just, um, you don't get that, uh, Michael and Aubrey back and forth with their like witty quips because they are great with quips as much when there's a third person. Um, it was still really good and it was an interesting discussion. Or maybe it's a conspiracy because you're listening about QAnon and QAnon's like, hey, no, you're not allowed to know about us. Mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel like we know about them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one was, was, was interesting too because I think a lot about, about how. Um, conspiracy theories really kind of snowball like it starts with a small thing you know the government's not telling this truth it's like of course they're not because they're not actually telling us anything that they don't want to and then you kind of go to the next step and the next step and it snowballs into uh QAnon and they kind of discuss too the difference between like leaving a conspiracy theories like Bigfoot versus conspiracy theories like 9-11 was an inside job like there's a difference in that and the QAnon Conspiracy theories are even worse because they end in violence, as we have seen a couple times. Yeah. Um. Are, how are they relating these to health? Um. Just- so, like, apparently, like, uh, like wellness stuff kind of le- turns into this. Like, um, <sighs> Alex Jones of Infowars fame <laughs> sells a lot of diet stuff. I think we can officially call it infamy now that he's been um, officially charged or whatever it is. Of Infowars infamy. All right. <laughs> I was trying not to do that, but we could do that. I, I say lean into it. Yeah. What do you think? So, um, I really enjoy, like you were just talking about, I really enjoy their banter. Uh, the camaraderie, the way they talk to each other, like they clearly have a very solid um, relationship, and like the way they communicate, um, it's very understandable. It's not 
Uh, and they're, you know, they're talking in lay terms. It's not, like, going to go over your head, even if you haven't listened to, like... You don't have to listen to all of the episodes to understand what they're covering. Like, yes, there's sometimes they bring up stuff they've talked about in the past. Um, and there's definitely, you know, running themes. But if you aren't immediately aware, uh, you can still hop on at any point, I feel like. Um, I like their voices, which, you know, is always a thing for me. They, um... Yeah, I... As a listening experience, I very much enjoyed it. I also, I always enjoy listening to things about, uh, you know, like revisiting the science as we discussed. I appreciate, um, you know, because we did grow up with a, like a lot of stuff in the cultural conscience that, you know, uh, whether we realize it or not has, you know, is maybe not that. Um, so, like, with the food pyramid thing, you know, I grew up in the 90s, and we had these, you know, big old triangles on the wall of the cafeteria going, these are the things you're supposed to be eating. Uh, more bread! All of the bread. And then also talking about things like uh, the government, if they are, you know, along with the QAnon thing, if the government is the one in charge of releasing the information, uh, then it's... Uh, science does get bought. Right, you know, a lot of studies are paid for by industry, and so, um, and not everything is always as it seems. And so, you know, with the food pyramid, the the meat people were mad that their stuff was being put alongside sugar, going, "No, we need to be separate and another color." So people, you know, it's like, eh. and then you know, like, well, why is the USDA the one putting out the food uh, pyramid, like? That that's clearly a conflict of interest, but a lot of people aren't aware of this. A lot of people don't realize how much industry is involved in science. Um, and that's a really good point. And like the um, in the vibrators episode, they actually brought up that the um, original study that like vibrators are wink wink nudge nudge for women's pleasure, but also a health thing. Um, someone actually came after that person and debunked it, but no one has debunked that person yet. And so we <laughs> have a uh a conception of primary sources and then we have a reconception of primary sources but no one's revisited them so like when do you when do you say it's enough and when do you you know stop questioning it and you know the answer should always be you never stop questioning it but it's hard like things kind of just become become fact whether they're true or not yeah well and i think it helps to have an awareness of the fact that science does change. And so if you're someone like you or I, we go, well, this is the information we have now and we're going to go with it. But if it turns out in 10 years that it's wrong, we are willing to change our minds. Um, and I think that's hard for people to, and for good reason, because of, you know, how we're taught about science. Um, so, you know, we were both anthropology majors and one of the things they talk about is, uh, the relativity of information. Um, and in order to study anthropology, you have to get comfortable with the fact that, like, things you know, other people don't know. And then that's okay. Yeah, that's always one thing I really enjoyed about um, the study of anthropology is that you can, like, things change and everything is kind of, is relative to the people that you're talking to and to the culture that you're in. You know, some things can be true and can be real, for one group and just not exist for another group. Yeah. 
Um, within reason, I mean, well, yeah, like there are genuine expressions of that versus people saying that, you know, say, uh, the election was stolen. Uh, <laughs> true. And like the sun is in the sky is still going to be in the sky, but like there's certain things of like the human body and the human yeah. consciousness. That's always very relative to the people that we're talking about. And it kind of comes to light with like wellness and health and fitness and everything too. Yeah. Um, I will say, so I do have some problems with the podcast. Aubrey takes, like, anti-fat comments very personally. Um, and she clearly has a very strong connection to fatness as her identity. And sometimes I feel like that makes me personally a little uncomfortable. During the um, Angela Lansbury episode, she was talking about how... Um, she she believes that you know if one person is talking about their own fatness and that automatically applies to the people around them and while i can totally get behind not wanting to be involved you know in people who are fat automatically involving other fat people in conversations about weight i can understand being like no i don't want to be involved in this conversation just because i'm your weight but the simple fact of talking about fatness and you know wanting to lose weight i i really am uncomfortable with the idea that that's commenting on other people's bodies. Um, and of course it's nuanced, but like, for example, if I start talking about my hair and I don't talk about how I don't like long hair, I'm not talking about everybody who has long hair. I'm not saying I don't like long hair on you. I'm saying for whatever reason, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and uh, so that part really bothers me. See with that, I kind of disagree. Cause I agree more with Aubrey where like I've had, um, a lot of people come up to me talking about their workout routines or their diets and in ways that like, you don't need to talk to me about that because one, it's none of my business Two, yes, I'm overweight, but it's also like, you don't need to try to convince me to work out with you. And I don't need to know your weight loss journey because it's not my journey. So like to a degree, I kind of agree with her on that because I've been in situations many times with that. And yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with that to like a, an extent. Yeah, and I think, too, she is kind of an activist for fatness. And so I think it's, too, a lot more, you know, aware. And, like, I, I completely understand your, your, your criticism, because, like, yeah, not every statement is personal to the person you're talking to. Yeah. Again, I think it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is, it is clearly a very specific project with, again, a very specific pr uh, perspective on things. Um. And so it's not, I, you know, it's not like I dislike it, but I think having an awareness of that definitely, you know, makes me interpret what she's talking about, like listening to it, knowing that that's the perspective she's coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do hate that. Like when, you know, somebody is losing weight and they see that you're overweight, they immediately want to talk to you about weight loss. Oh, it's so exhausting. Like, it's just like emotionally and mentally exhausting. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, if I want to have that conversation with you, that's one thing. You know, if I have signaled, yes, I am opening to talk, open to talking to you about these things. But just like, yeah, I, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like for me, it's just like that's none of my business, and I don't need to know. And I'd rather talk about something like let's talk about my dog. I like talking about my dog. I have a cool dog. Let's talk about that instead. Yeah. Uh 
I mean, but I, I think that kind of applies to most conversations, right? Like both people need to consent to be in the conversation. And if you don't have that other person's consent, maybe don't talk about it. Yeah, that is true. Like there's a couple things that like um, you and I won't talk about mostly piercings um, <laughs> or snakes. Cause I have, yeah. Cause I, I don't like um, extraneous uh aftermarket holes installed in bodies but <laughs> but yeah so i think that is too part of like navigating your friendships and navigating the conversations that are okay to talk about you and i are okay to talk about certain things you and i could actually talk about a lot together but there's also like i wouldn't talk about a lot of the stuff you and i talk about with some other some other of our friends yeah yes agreed yes yeah, so i think those are my big takeaways overall um yeah, I think we covered everything. So, what do you think? Is Maintenance Phase a podcast to reel in, or is it a catch and release? Will this make your listening rotation? I am reeling it in. I find it a very pleasant listening experience. I am personally comfortable listening to something, knowing I don't agree with everything being said. I can still enjoy it. Um, and again, it's like the no- coming at it with the knowledge of... I may not agree with anything, but like I'm, I am free to interpret the information however I choose. Um, and it's a very pleasant listening experience. They clearly get along very well. It's funny. It's paced well. Um, they cover the interesting the the subject matter in an interesting way. Um, so you know you're not. It doesn't sit, sound like you're sitting there listening to like an academic research paper. Uh, so yeah, reel it in. I mean, mine would be reel it in too, but obviously this is like one of my my big listens every week. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I support them on Patreon. They're not ad supported. They're supported through Patreon and they don't push for anybody to subscribe. They're just like, we're doing this because you guys wanted us to. And I guess we're going to do weird bonus episodes every now and then. <laughs> and I always kind of appreciate that in a podcast of like uh, not having a bunch of ad breaks, which kind of keeps their flow because their flow is really good. Like you said, they have a great rapport. You can tell they genuinely do care about each other and, and genuinely enjoy talking to each other. Um, and they're absolutely funny. Yes, I agree. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to talk to us, our website is podcastpodcast.fish. Our email is podcastfisherman at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter, for as long as it exists, at podpodfish. Music is by the incomparable Evan Speakman, who you can find on Instagram as at Speakman Recording. Episode is edited by me, Lisa. Lodo is by me, Dita. We'll be back with a fresh catch next week. Bye. Bye.